Build Radio, episode 10. Okay, so we know that Build is definitely in the building. Make some noise, Build! Build solve real problems. Build future. Build solve real problems. There's a lot of gun violence in my community. I always have to be careful when I go out in the streets because, like, I never know when they're gonna start shooting. Carlos was uh, 18 years old. He was gunned down when she was only 15 years old. You're not gonna do this to my city. You're not gonna do this to our children. We need help. We need help now. We need to stop it now. You are listening to Bill Radio. How Bill made me feel, made me feel like I'm in a safe haven, like I'm protected, I'm guarded. How do I feel about Bill? I feel like they're going to help me make it in life. It just makes me feel at home, like I have people that care about me here. I look at Bill like family, so they mean a lot to me. It make me feel like I'm smart, like I'm a part of something good instead of being a part of some violence or something bad. I feel loved when I come to Bill. Hey there, everybody. Hope you had a very happy new year and welcome to the 10th installment in our Build Radio podcast series. We're looking ahead to an amazing 2020 with clear vision, vision of continuing to expand our ever-growing footprint, creating more opportunity for more youth, transforming even more young lives as we celebrate over 50 years of turning at risk into at hope. On this episode, we'll start off with a piece inspired by the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., as Build Youth Destiny reflects on the dreams that she has for herself. After that, we're very excited to bring you a fantastic, thoughtful, and quite entertaining interview with 15th District Sergeant Jermaine Harris, who came into the studio to sit down with some of our youth co-hosts to talk about growing up on the West Side, mentorship, community collaboration, the hardest parts about being a cop, and empowering the next generation. So let's get to it. Thanks so much for being with us, and if you like what you hear, share it with your friends. Tell them it's a podcast that sounds like what building hope sounds like. So stay tuned. Enjoy the episode, and we'll catch you in a little bit. Don't go anywhere. In every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, Thank God I have a dream of cherishing life and to be as successful as I can. Negativity towards life won't be part of my plan. I dream of future life in high school. I want high school to be a memorable and fun part of my life. I believe everyone should be successful in their life. It is a true shame people are on the streets when all it took was to go to school. I dream of people actually caring for a future they could have had. As of myself, I believe if you try hard as a kid, you'll go a long way as an adult. Every time I see a homeless person, I get scared I might end up like that. Every day, I feel like days are going quickly, years and decades slipping through my fingers. I believe life is short and we all need to appreciate it. You're listening to Build Radio. This is 
Charles, Peanut Tillman. This is Commissioner Boykin. Hi, I'm Sam Macho. I'm George McCaskey. This is U.S. Senator Dick Durbin, and you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You are listening to Build Radio. Build Radio. Build Radio. Build Radio. Build Radio. What's good, everybody? This is Build Radio. You're listening to here on the Build Radio podcast. We're so excited to have you along, and we have a very special segment for you coming right now today. Got my two co-hosts here. First off, I'm Benji Wax. My two co-hosts, we got Cortez Dean. Yo. Kai Martin. Yes, You guys sir. have been around Build programs for quite some time. We're super happy to have you here. You bounce around, learn about lots of different things, and you inspire me for sure with the, uh, the thirst for knowledge that I see coming out of you guys. So I'm, I'm happy that you're all here. Our special guest for today's segment is Sergeant Jermaine Harris. Thank you so much for being in the studio, sir. Uh, thank you all for having me. This is exciting. All right, all right. So we wanted to get you in here for a little bit, and so we're excited that this finally came to be. Um, you've got a lot of cool stuff, I'm sure, to tell us about the 15th District and the work that you guys are doing in the community. Um, so I wanted to start off by asking you, um, you're from the West Side, so can you tell us a little bit about growing up here and what things were like for you as a young man? Yeah, so I, I grew up here on, on the you know same streets I patrol now, Laramie and West End. I, I spent all uh, all of my time there up until I went to high school. I mm-hmm. uh, moved moved uh, to another neighborhood in the uh, West Side, but I've still I've stayed here for uh, you know for majority of my life, and uh, it's just been a great opportunity to be able to work in these same places. You know, as a kid that I grew up in the same streets I ran around and see other kids growing up, you know, similar b- backgrounds as myself, and to understand that some of the investments that were placed into me, if I can do those same things for kids uh, kids today, you know, the potential's there, and, you know, the sky's the limit, really. Sure. Here's one of, our, one of the questions I had on my mind. What pushed you to become a police officer? Well, it, growing up, I, you know, some of the kids, sometimes you'll go into classrooms and you talk to the younger kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, you know, doctor, lawyer, police officer, you know, those kind of things. So police I, officer, look, everybody look at you like, uh-huh. <laughs> the younger kids, though, you got to go to the smaller kids. They want to be police officers, especially when I'm there. They all say, yeah, I want to be, be a police officer, too. But the thing was, I was never really that kid. Like, getting into law enforcement was, like, the last thing on my mind. Uh, I, I'm I'm actually into art a little bit. Uh, so, so going through high school, I uh, had dreams of being an architect. And you know, so I went to Whitney Young, and I took these drafting architecture classes uh, through all my four years. And so it was like, okay, I, I think this is my career and what I want to do. But when I got to my senior year, I, I just like I, I don't know if I really want to just draw houses the rest of my life. And so I kind of it, it kind of grew a little stale and a little old, and it really wasn't passion there. And so my dad talked to me about uh, joining the military. And I actually joined the Marine Corps, kind of following along in my my the paths of my family, my granddad's uh, uncles. Oh, we man. have a lot of veterans in the family, so I followed their footsteps and I went to the Marine Corps. Uh, right out of my right graduating as a senior, I, I I joined the Corps, and I actually there is the place I learned like that that passion of what it's like to be the person when someone's in help or 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 there's danger there. I I, I fell in love with the being that person that runs towards it. The person that runs there, like, when you need some help, I'll stand up. I'll be that person. And it was just so exciting. And I'm like, this is something that I can do the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so I came, you know, I came I came back home you know, after my uh, my time in the Marine Corps. And, again, being a police officer still wasn't, wasn't on anywhere near, you know, any idea of what I wanted to be. But, again, my dad, he, he gives me such great advice of things to try. So I really, I'm really grateful for that. So he says, hey, you should try the, try the police department. So your dad and, was just a recommendation. Yeah, he's the recommender. Yeah, he gave me the recommendation. Hey, try this out. 
And again, I'm like, bro, I'm good. They you like, know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not into that kind of thing. I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Think about all the repercussions with that. But, you know, I went through with it. So the process actually takes almost a year to kind of get through. So when you, from the time you take the test to the time you're actually hired, there's a background check, there's medical, there's drug tests, there's a you know polygraph, there's, you know, so many different things you have to go through along the way. So it's it's a pretty extensive process. But along, I'm going through the steps, really not super interested into it. Mm-hmm. I had a decent job coming out of Marines. I, I worked in the in the air the air wing that was from the plane. So I had, you know, mm-hmm. mechanical, hydraulics, electrical experience, okay. and I was working in the factory. So I was making pretty good money. So it wasn't really that pressing. But uh, later in that year, I got a call into the office uh, by, by my manager to say, hey, sorry, Jermaine, we got to let you go. Uh, and so when that happened, oh you know, God. my next phone call was, hey, CPD, you guys uh, <laughs> you ready for me yet? Hey, yo, hey, CPD. <laughs> you guys you ready? <laughs> <laughs> and when? so it actually, the timing worked out perfectly. Uh. And, you know, later on in that year, a couple months later, I started a police academy. And, you know, once I got in and understood the job, it's, if I had to do it over again, I would absolutely every single time. That's a choice. So you're a sergeant. Where in like the ranks is sergeant fit? Uh, so we're the frontline supervisor. So okay. when you see the officers out on the street, most of the time you're going to see someone in a blue shirt. Those are our patrol officers. Uh, you'll, those are ones you'll encounter most often. And so my job is to supervise that front level. So, so and our shirt colors change. So when you see someone wearing a white shirt in the police department, that means we're a supervisor. I was just going to say that. Yeah. So you're like, y'all color, co- color coordinating. Right, like, yeah. That's how you can identify quickly on the street to see, you know, when there's a scene or things are going on, you see the person with the white shirt. That's 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 going to be one of your supervisors. But then within that level, you know, there's levels of supervisors as well. They go up to the captain and, and the lieutenant and the commanders and, you know, your exempt level. But getting that transition from the blue shirt to the white shirt is what separates the supervision, the supervisors. Sure. How long have you been on the force? Uh, 17 years. Uh, most people, when I say that, they think I'm new or just kind of starting out. But I have to say thanks to my grandma for the genes that kind of keeps us, <laughs> keeps us, everyone in the family looking looking young. But yeah, 17 years. This December I, was my anniversary, and uh, wow. it's uh, and the time flies really fast. Kind of getting into this job, and so I've spent my career over these 17 years. I've worked in Inglewood. I've worked in uh, Garfield Park, and now I work in Austin, which is the majority of my time has been spent here in Austin. Gotcha. Uh, wow, 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much, a lot. So you guys are, how old are you guys? Uh, I'm 17. Yeah. <laughs> He's 17. I'm 16, so like, <laughs> my birthday next year, I don't even I'm turn still... 17 until then. So it was like, wow. He made, he made that big years. decision. I'm still trying to make the decision of whether I want cereal or pizza. For <laughs> <laughs> Bacon sausage. Exactly. Well, here's a, here's a, sausage. But here's an inside, some inside uh, cop stuff that actually the toughest decision we make with you and your partner is what you're going to do for lunch. So you'll spend an hour, hours in the car trying to figure out where you're going for lunch like all these other big decisions we make but trying to figure out what you know I never, tonight. that's interesting so you try somewhere new every day like i feel like you're you're in the moving right. office right? you, you try but then you get kind of get into those spots where because you know you're working with someone you may have different tastes some yeah. person may like this type of thing and yeah, then you exactly. know then the money too and then you get the, the worst you get stuck with someone who who's a brown bag you know who brings lunch from home you're like bro i'm trying to go out to eat and you're microwaving you know you're lasagna you're <laughs> microwaving your home cooked meal yeah. that you had from yesterday Bringing and cold I'm trying sandwiches. to go out like come on yeah like, so. 
Hey, hey, I, I would not mind the cold sandwiches though. <laughs> you <laughs> surely right. Yeah. But um, yeah, seventeen years. So, can you tell us about some of your mentors along the way? Even before I I started this job, as thinking back as a high school you know student, my granddad. He would. I would love to, you know, to sit and we would stay up all night sometimes with him telling stories about just his experience dealing with issues involving race, dealing with things that were going on in this city. And he was a veteran too, you know. Just everyone's a, mostly everyone's a veteran in my family, but he would talk about his experiences during the Korean War and how how he was mistreated while serving his country, but because he was black and you know all the obstacles he went through. So I really always looked up looked up to him for that inspiration of being that person that kind of you know that 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 lived through so much and then still maintained and made his way out and still be- became successful and was a great dad, great husband, you know, great, you know, great all-around person. So he's my, when I think of like that first kind of really idea of what mentorship was, I, I really have to give it to, to him. And uh, one of my great, other great mentors in my career is someone who you, who was interviewed here before. At the time, he was Commander Ernest Cato. He's uh, Deputy Chief uh, right now, and so so you know, he moved I, up the rank. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> kind of moved up, and so kind of getting this job with doing community policing, you know, he asked me to come over and do it, and I really learned this, you know, you know these things that I do from him, and he's just been a great supporter, encouraging me to take initiatives, do different things, have you know, uh, embracing the ideas that we have, and so I really look up to him when it comes to the things I do in my career. Well. I hear what you're talking about. That, yeah. I'm like, man, you have got a lot of loving family that have actually been wars and stuff that yeah. know about this. But here's another question I have in my mind. Okay. And you can feel free to answer. Um, sure. What was one of your favorite parts of being a cop? Or a few. Yeah, a few. A few. A few. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing I love to do it is actually not so much as just because I'm a, a police officer to love to do it. It's just I love working with with youth, like that's just a big thing that that's that's always kind of inspired me and drives me and makes things so exciting. I started uh, back when I have a son who's uh, sixteen now, and so back when he turned five years old, he got old enough to start playing sports, and so I took him out out on the uh, baseball football fields to join the teams. And what ended up happening is that one thing you'll you'll learn like when you're a dad when you get your kids. You start taking them out to athletics. When you show up more than twice, the other coaches are going to make you join them. You're going to be a coach. So that's just be prepared. When you bring your kids to stuff, you think you're going to just drop them off. Oh, you're going to be coaching. Oh, no, you stand right here. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's what's yeah. going to happen. So, you but, yeah, but the cool, But the cool part about that was I got exposed to being able to work with kids and through athletics, and it was just so exciting. I would look forward, after after I got off work, I would look forward to getting to practice and working with the kids. And I always did work with teams that were from the west side, made up of kids in the neighborhoods where I worked and where I grew up. And so it was just, that's always been my, my most favorite part is, is coaching and, and, and doing those things that outside of just you know being a police officer, but doing those things in community have always been my, my favorite things. Uh, another thing I just okay. had on the top of my head, <laughs> but I want to ask it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Goes, I can handle the goes. tough question. Go for it. I've had hard. No, you can feel free to answer or not to answer. All right, go for it. Okay, I know about how it is in Chicago mm-hmm. shootouts and stuff. Have you ever been in a car chase? Um, 
So the like those are the things that like the the glamorous parts, the stuff that gets highlighted about policing, are the things we first think about, like when you say police officer. But the reality is they're very rare. Uh, even the part about shooting, uh, you know, shootings are extremely rare for you to meet an officer who's been involved in a shooting. Remember, there's thirteen thousand of us. And mm-hmm. and it's extremely rare that you might hear in the news like it's happening all over the country, but you still have to remember like we're thinking about here, me, and in, in our city, in our world. So to meet an officer who's actually been involved in the violent exchange is actually very rare. And so me, myself, my entire career, I've never been in a point where I've had to shoot at someone or been shot at. Huh. And I've worked in the West Side, the you know, Inglewood. Garfield Park in Austin, all 17 years, and it's and it's never and I've never been in a situation. Now, chase car, now chasing people and you know cars and those kind of things are are a little more common, and so they'll, they'll you know those type of things that'll happen. But a lot of that stuff is dangerous, and it's not only dangerous for the people involved, but they're dangerous for the officers themselves. A few years ago, I was actually involved in a serious car accident, you know, during a you know driving to a call and. And going through the intersection, another vehicle uh, T-boned us right, right into the car. We flipped over, upside down, you know, rolling over. And, you know, I can remember dangling from my seatbelt, hanging upside down, thinking like, oh, oh my goodness, man. what is this about? But, uh, but you know, those luckily I made it out and, you know, was back at work, you know, a few days later. And so those kind of, you know, those kind of things that are extremely dangerous, but they're, they're part of the job. And, you know, most of our encounters and most of our exchanges and most of our interactions are really just talking to people. You know, that's what I do most of my time is run my mouth, right? You know, as a police officer, you're just talking, trying to come up with solutions, trying to work out problems, trying to resolve things. Sometimes they're petty, sometimes they're major, but you never really know from day to day, you know, what what your job's going to entail. It's like you wake up and come to work, you have no idea what's going to happen that day. You don't know if it's going to be a nice, smooth day or it could be the day where you're, you're this close to losing your life. But, you know, you never really, there's no schedule to it. And so that's what makes it exciting. But that also, you know, is important that you're prepared and we're ready for, you know, these obstacles. Yeah, like that brings me like to mo- you like basically answer my question. But okay. at the same time, it's like, like you said, like pe- when you hear police, like, you just think about all the car chases, all shootings, they arrest people and this and that. Like, what do people misunderstand about police officers? Yeah. So one of the things that I've really kind of focused on and doing, so my current job is community policing sergeant. So it's my responsibility to work in a district here of really building relationships, problem solving, figuring out ways of how to get the community involved and the police department involved together to kind of come to solutions. Right. And so 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 the the thing about what I really want want people to understand and to see is that the things that we do, we come into the job as police officers to really the idea is really I want to come in do this job, I want to save, catch bad guys, I want to save people, I want to make a difference. And what ends up happening though as we do this job is that catching a bad guy, what the bad guy is and what that means, that line gets blurred. Cuz when you think about what goes into a person's life that causes them to, to commit violence? Or a violent act is usually a culmination of a lot of stuff that happens in your life before you get to the point of acting it out. And so when you think about it, so you mean a person who's, you know, grown up in a household, been abused, you know, been living, you know, living in, in bad situations, and then they lash out through violence, 
are they an offender or are these actually the people that we're supposed to protect and, and, and to keep from being involved in these situations? And so we really under, to really understand that and to see that, it means that my work really has to be how do I keep people from going down these paths? How can I get in front? How do I intervene? How do we get organizations like BUILD? How do we help them improve their reach to get more kids involved so that they're not stuck out on the street without a positive thing to do? Because what happens when anyone has and doesn't have anything to do? And you're out on the street and you don't have anywhere positive to go. You don't have any support. You don't have any adults around you, any mentors. And that's why you. Get, that's why. That's why it's mostly like the police officers. They get coordinated. Like that's why you do most of the talking so you can help them, like not lash out. Yeah, absolutely. That and that's kind of, that's really what what a lot of the focus is. And but again, this there's still different ideas of what's going on in the world. We can't deny the existence of racism. We can't exactly. deny yeah. the existence of bias. We cannot just say everybody's this way and they're you know all police officers or all people or all black young you know all of those things. We can't we can never do. So the thing really is to how do I make sure that my role and what I do. I'm doing what's necessary. I'm representing myself the best. How do you, you, you all in your settings and what you do, how do you represent the best? Um, another question I had, what kind of people or person would you um, recommend for this? Like, you know how some people be, oh, I want to do this, but certain things want to do that. Some people want to join the Marines and don't <laughs> want to do it. Don't really work out as soon yeah, as you exactly. want yeah. to do it. Like, yeah. so, like, uh, do I really like, It seems good on paper, I would say. Like, I feel like, you know, the pension, the benefits, all that stuff like that, it's like, it will train you, right? But it's exactly. like, everyone's not cut off for yeah. us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You get paid to work out. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that thing, doing anything just for money is not going to last. Like, you, you pick a job, like, I'm going to do this, it, you know, it pays great. If your passion's not there, I always talk when I talk to young people, it's about how do you match up what you do well, your skill, with your passion. Sometimes those things aren't the same thing, and if one is missing, you're not going to enjoy what you do. So so a person, I think, would be ideal for this job is, is just starting off with the reason why they're doing it, which means you have to start off with the desire to want to help people. That means you got to be willing to sometimes sacrifice, put other things aside for the greater good of what's going on. So that's the first initial thing, and and a lot of us have that, you know. It's you know, it's not the thing where like it's all about me, you know. I got to get mine, whatever. But that attitude's not going to work in police, and you know, I came to try me hard to get mine. That's not going to work doing this job. You really have to be in it for the greater good. And the other thing is, you have to be really sure with who you are, right? Because this job will change you. Because you, you live in a space where we're always around things that are negative, just because of how the job is. When someone calls 911, it's not like, hey, police officer, I need you to get down here. My son's graduating from high school today. I want you to be here and, you know, see him off. <laughs> that doesn't happen. It's get down here, you know, everything's breaking loose. And we, we, you know, so you're in these spaces and we see some of the, you know, most horrific things from humanity. And it's just if you're around that constantly and all the time, it changes you. As humans, we adapt, you know, we're adaptable. And when you adapt to those type of things, it has bad effects, which means it's the other relationships suffer, you know, your mental health suffers. So you really have to yeah, be that's firm. Why, that's why some people got PTSD and yep, stuff like absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's it. That's yeah. exactly. Well, yeah. how would you, how do you deal with it? Do you talk to people or something? Do you talk to, um, like, counselors or Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So just in starting off getting the tools for your mental health, 
Like there's different things you learn, and they they teach us this in, in law enforcement. The it's it's the balance. It's that thing of how do you balance yourself out? How do you mm-hmm. go from these highs to these lows, and how do you get back to a point where you're you're at you're at even? Yeah, and that cool. thing what and that thing what got me, I discovered that was the thing with the coaching, the mm-hmm. working with kids. Like that what gives me my balance. So I can see things happening in a negative way, maybe seeing kids doing things they shouldn't be, being victims of crime, but I can go to practice and see kids having fun, laughing, doing the things that they should be doing. And I can remember, okay, this is a reality. You know, these things that are happening, they're happening, but that's not the entire world. There's more to it, and there's there's other things that are happening. And so that's how I found my balance. So every officer needs a balance. They need to find that thing that they do that gets them back to their even and back to kind of what reality is and what happens if everything I do is all police, all my friends are all police. Everything I do, I'm, bar- I'm walking around here thinking that everyone's an offender. Like those things are difficult for your for your for your mental health. And so you, that's an important thing for a person who enters this career. And I really, and it's not about like how big you are, how strong you are, you know, all of those things. None of that really matters. Because remember, what's your primary tool, right? It's the it's the talk. It's, it's talking. being able to it's yeah, it's being able to kind of talk yourself out of situations, talk people into cooperating, so you don't have to, you know, so it doesn't always end up into a fight. And so that's really it, having that ability to communicate and get your point across and persuade some people sometimes and there's a lot of situations where there may be a big cute because you can't fight everyone and win you know you're not going to be able to say I'm going to make everybody do what I say because there are a lot of people that are bigger than you you know there's there's you know that's not going to work so you have to be able to communicate sometimes and talk yourself that. out of some stuff yeah. I felt that I apologize it's to, really scary yeah and to for your balance to be kids, and that brings us to this. Can you tell us about the uh, Police Explorers program? Ah, the Police Explorers. So it's a it's a mentor program designed for kids who are interested in law enforcement careers. Wow. So it goes, we, we take kids from 10 to 18. And so really how it works is... I heard it was a scholarship involved. Oh. Yeah. What about yeah. that? So to get through it, so the kids who participate in the program and make it towards the end, they're eligible to receive a scholarship through Police Explorers because the Explorers are is a national program. It's similar to like when you, everyone heard of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same type of thing, but instead of you know camping and hiking, you're doing police related things. So it's kind of like the you know the police version of Boy Scouts. Cause yeah, it, um, it's a uh, officer that I know. His name is Officer Peterson. Do you okay. know him? Uh, no, I don't know. Well, he uh, works security guard at um, Leif Erickson School as Academy, and like he been a big big influence to me for that program. Uh, and like the man still never gave me the paperwork for it. <laughs> you see, wait, like, you're sixteen, you, right? Yeah. So you still got time. Exactly. Right. I'll, I still got time, I'll but bring an application. Over yeah, to you. I I need that application because I want to do that. Like. Yeah. Like he 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 had told me like some of the things that you really gonna do like, like if they had concerts or like a big event and stuff like that you're gonna be doing the police work security and and like basically what y'all do in y'all free time or or like on duty, so yeah yeah so it's a it's a lot of it it's community service you know you're out mm-hmm. doing things within the community you're out you know just learning about police you know police doing policing so we run you through some of the things we experience like you learn how to do a traffic stop. You learn how to you learn a little bit about the other jobs that are available within the department. So it's really to get you to explore because uh, one there's one big thing that happens when I meet and talk to people, and that one of those requests is this: they say I want to see police officers that look like me, 
And in order to get that to happen, you know, what what has to happen? That means people who look like them have to apply for the job. (laughs) They have to apply for the job. They have to be interested (laughs) and wanting to do it. And so we really have a lot of trouble with getting African-Americans to to want to join the police department. There's a lot of negative things out in the news and in the media when you think about it. Because even myself, right, I didn't want to do this. And, you know, so you have to counteract that. And what we try to do is to get kids to learn about the other things that are outside of what they just see in TV to understand the job better to hopefully when it's to the point where they make a career decision that this will be something that they're interested in. So these are like investments, like at the ground level. That's 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 exactly why I got a job now because, yeah. like, I want to learn the experience and see if, like, hard labor would be, like, the best fit for me. Like, I like art too, just like you said. Like, you like art. I like art. I'm trying to tell you, I would do anything to do an art project, like simply. Okay. All right. And we got an art show coming up with Build in February. Like this right here. Paint some stuff for us. (laughs) Donate it to Build to sell. Oh, you know, last year I did a painting. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know I did a painting last year. Okay. Oh really? Wow. I think I think Adam bought it. Like, but but (laughs) we need to talk to Adam about that. But like this right here, like this is art. This is art. This podcast is Mm, art. mm. And yes, yes. like anything cool related art. to that, I, <laughs> this is the cool art. <laughs> like, I'm also into technology and stuff too. Like, the experience that'll get you going, like, to see where your career choices will be. So, mm-hmm. I can that, actually that, speak that's on that technology. Yeah, like, that's, that's, the, that's the main reason why I want to join the program to see, like, if that'll be a good help, like, make me, make me understand, like, what police policemen go through and stuff mm-hmm. like that so yeah definitely okay. so we've got a few more can you want to just talk to us a little bit about the importance of community collaboration and some of the ways the 15th district is coordinating with the neighborhoods that it serves oh yeah that's one of our biggest priorities is working together a mistake is that if we try to do things alone if anyone goes out to try to solve any problem by themselves they're already behind the ball so the, so when we start working on any problem or dealing with violence or de- dealing with any of the issues within the community, we want to build partnerships so that we're all working together. It's kind of like the concept, like everybody watch the Avengers, right? You, mm. wanna, you gotta take out the big you problem. Gotta, you, need your t- you gotta work together. <laughs> you gotta have to work See, together. I'm more of a DC fan. <laughs> Say that to Batman. <laughs> So this guy, yeah, DC so. and Androids. Oh my goodness! What's <laughs> number number look, one? Number one. Come on now, you got to be with the Marvel. Look, 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 look. Marvel, they good, but when you like really dive into the background of DC, you understand them, understand them, understand them. All right, let's get. How do we? How do we get here? Anyway, anyway. Marvel All right, community Yeah, so we're talking about the uh, building a team. So it's a it's it's one of our flagship processes that we do here here in the uh, 15th district is working with with our community partners. So one of the projects that uh, that we started here is the Austin Response Team. So it's a community based uh, violence reduction violence prevention task force that's built with some of our uh, strongest nonprofit partners in which we meet and discuss and, and, and develop solutions 
to many of our problems. And so proudly, uh, Build is one of our, uh, our our member associations within the team. And it, it's just when we started doing these things and working together, we've been getting so, such great outcomes that it's encouraging. So we want to do more. We want to develop different ways. And so you're starting to see these cross-sectional collaborations where, you know, Build is doing things with us at the police department. We're trying to do things with you all here. And we're getting involved in doing podcast, you know, these type of things mm-hmm. in which we're kind of working together across different ways because it's really about the relationship. Like once we get to know each other on that level, once we get to understand our strengths, we understand each other's weaknesses, how do we lift each other up, it makes for a much greater partnership, much greater team. And that's really been our effort. And, and one of the things that has really make, made us stand out, you know, amongst a lot of the different uh, police departments around the country is that our ability to really work together with our community organizations to solve problems and to actually develop the ways to sustain the results and sustain the successes. So I'm really proud to, you know, to be able to work together with so many different great organizations. Okay. Well, <laughs> being from the west side of Chicago, west side is the best side, um, do folks you grew up with treat you differently once you joined the force? Like, did they? Uh, yeah, so even my family. So it, it's just like the thing that like once you get up, once you, get, <laughs> once you become a police officer, right, it's just you're known as, you know, I'm now I'm Jermaine, the police officer, right? You go wow. and meet oh, a new don't person. Don't tell Officer Harris. Yeah, it's like you meet a new person. You're like, you, if I'm a dentist, do you go up and say, hey, this is my cousin John, he's a dentist, or this is my cousin Jerry, he's a custodian. But everyone introduces me as Jermaine the cop. You know, that's all of a sudden my identity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Careful what you say. You're so around it, Officer uh, Harris. Yeah, all of a sudden it becomes your complete identity. And because, you know, it carries such a, you know, it's, it's a good thing to kind of have, get the recognition, but it carries this reputation of like, you know, I'm the law, you know, so be on your P's and Q's. And so not really, but the thing really is that, you know, as police officers, when we're not at work, you know, I'm not out you know, stopping people and trying to, you know, stop crimes and, and, and being this this avenger, this full-time Avenger. But the thing is, because it's like any other job, you know, when I'm here and I'm in uniform and I'm on the clock, I'm doing my job. But when I'm not, you know, I'm not doing it. You know, we, we, you don't see other people. If I worked at a, you know, a retail store, I'm not on my off days, you know, trying to sell jeans, you know, it's, that, that doesn't, isn't how it works. But, um, but just the people who I knew, you know, that to, to really think about that going back to the West Side, there's two kind of two paths. Like the people who were who who had support growing up, who had great, you know, great instruction from their parents and people in their family that were behind them, that were that were in school and doing the things they were supposed to do. They, they all grew up to be successful, right? So we're, we've got same relationships where, you know, they're around still in the community, raising their kids and, you know, having jobs within the schools, within businesses, all over the place. And then there was another path, right? Those people that were out kind of not with all this, the same level of support, they were out on the street, they got involved in gangs. And sadly, most of my friends from no, from that time, they're they're in two places. They're dead or they're in jail now. And so, you know, I don't, I'm not I'm not encountering them at that that same that same frequency. So that's just so important that the time we invest in youth that goes right back to that thing that the time we pour into our kids determines their path. And to to the choice between regardless of where you come from, like this same neighborhood, like these same issues, I grew right up in it, and I'm coming right back as a police officer. So that's possible, but it's important that we provide the support that way so that those two paths kind of merge into that one path that we're all growing up to be successful. Nice, nice. Um, 
Here's a question. Okay. What is some of your favorite parts or sports of the spots community? Spots. Spots. <laughs> spots. Oh, yeah. what I what I love most about the West Side. Actually, my favorite place to be is is well, I actually have two places. Mm-hmm. My 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 number one favorite is Garfield Park, the actual park, mm-hmm. like that place there. Garfield. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's my spot. Yeah. I live up over there. <laughs> that's my spot. I love it, and that was the that's I've spent hours and hours and hours on those baseball diamonds and right. out in the park there, and I love it. And it's it and it's so peaceful, like around all of these things that are going around you. How that park is so beautiful, and it sits right there in the middle of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But when you're there, it's like still, like all the sounds and all the other stuff. Kind of drowns out. You talking about right there, uh, right there by uh, Leif Erickson. That's yeah, right man. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Right across the street from Leif Erickson, that's the basketball court. Then right across the street from there, right behind Leif Erickson, it's like what two or three yeah. baseball all fields. All the baseball fields. There's a yeah, lot like, of them. So like there's two four. there. Yeah, they're yeah, all over like the place. like two or three there, and yeah. then like on the other side, it's like two more. Right. And then you got the football field. Yeah. <laughs> That the Gators play. That yeah, the Gators, see, that's, that that's your spot play. too. Then. Yes. See, um, see, we got it. We good on that one. Yeah. So that. So yeah, I just I spent so many hours in that space, and it's just like my little, little that peaceful, that tranquil, tranquil, peaceful uh-huh. place within the within the neighborhood. So I love it there. You go fishing over there. Fishing. So the fishing part, I, I haven't fished at that one, but I fished at the Columbus Park Lagoon, the oh, one that's I here in Austin. Like, yeah. yeah, the one that's here in Austin. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I go to that one. So that's my favorite, second favorite spot is Columbus Park. Cool. So that's just an amazing park. It's just, the, you know, being in the being in the space there. I actually remember being a kid, uh, growing up. I went to summer camp there. Right, mm-hmm. I was in camp there, go at Columbus Park, and now you know all of these 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 cool things I did as a kid, and I'll come back as an adult and see them. Is, uh, is is really exciting. So I think those are my spots, the two parts. Right. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. Good really choices. Nice. Um, I wanted to ask, so I think more than generations ever before, young people are being besieged by different types of messaging and content on smartphones that everyone's got in their pockets and are being led in crazy ways, rabbit holes, what have you, um, with these you know accessible platforms that, that really weren't there before. But my question is that if you were able to, through some... Whatever I don't know whether that's some crazy piece of coding that Cortez could help us with or whatever technology, <laughs> but be able to ingrain a message in all the young folks coming up on the West Side right now. Get on everybody's screens or get in everybody's heads. What sort of message do you wish that you could ingrain into these folks coming like up right now? Like an amber alert. <laughs> amber sure. alert. But like truth or wisdom. <laughs> an amber alert of wisdom. Okay, all right. There you go. So you're onto something. I think the the, the, the biggest thing is, is it's an, it has to be an, a message about self-confidence. And so the message really is believe in yourself. Because uh, because once you start there internally, like believing that you can do something, believing you can accomplish something, that's really half the battle. The way you approach anything, if I think I'm going to win, I think I'm going to be successful, I got such a great chance of actually achieving it and being, and being successful than if I'm going in with my head down thinking I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So really believing in yourself and having that confidence that I'm going to walk this way, I'm going to do these things that excite me, that are important to me, and not worry about what the public thinks, not worry about what the other kids in school think, not worrying about you know things that are around me, discouraging me, like, hey, that's not fun, that's lame, that's not cool, but it's important to me and I love it. So really believing in yourself is that message that do it, do what drives you. Do that thing that, that, that inspires you, that makes you feel whole, that makes you feel important. Embrace that, wrap your arms around that and, and go with it and, and take it to the next level. Wow. Yeah. 
push it to the limit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot the rest of that song. Uh, yeah, it, that that uh, literally like came to my head when you said that. But <laughs> I don't know. But hey, anyway, next question and final question. Oh, we at the final. For yeah, the we at the final. Uh, I want to ask this first. Okay, that's fine. Right, okay. I just want to ask this. Okay. Uh, you being on the fuss and stuff, I know it's kind of well, not that way. I just want to know have you ever did like any paranormal calls, like something been moving in the house, <laughs> creep some creepy stuff been going on. <laughs> Yeah, I had one or no. Yeah, so I don't mess with ghosts or anything <laughs> supernatural. So you got ghostbusters for that. Hey, yeah, so that's not. I've seen a lot of um calls and cases about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but if somebody call about that, that's not covered in any of the laws. Ghosts, so I'm not going. That's not in my description. Insurance <laughs> on that is that is not in my job description, so I'm not going. <laughs> Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> Wait, what? I want the cops. I want to see that. <laughs> anyway, um, last question, Mr. Okay. Harris. Um, what gives you hope about the Austin community? Oh, man. It's, again, I got to go. I keep saying this over and over, but it's the youth, man. It's like just seeing so much potential. And each time I get to go out and uncover, like, all of these hidden gems, because there's one narrative about, you know, kids from the West Side, all the violence, the gangs. Like, everyone sees us in one way, but the reality is... It's so much potential here, and all it takes is a little bit of support. All it takes is, a, is just someone believing in believing in, in a young person to really open up the world and, and, and create our next level of leaders because we really need them. You know, we, we, we need our next generation of leaders to step up. We need our, our younger people to really understand how important it is to stay here, you know, to grow up, become successful, go off to school, but we can't leave. We have to come back because the thing about the West Side is, you know, is is a thing that, you know, parents are teaching. Like, I got to get my kids supported. They got to make it so they can get out, so they can get out, so they can escape. But if everybody who achieves success is getting out and escaping, what gets left behind? So we really have to be conscious of that, which is why myself, I still live here on the the West Side. I live in North Mm -hmm. Lawndale now, but I can never see myself living in any other part of the city except the West Side. I do that close to me. I'm I'm on 5th. Jackson (laughs) and 5th, literally. Yeah, right there. We're the right, we, 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 right so right if you got a ghost in your house, don't call, <laughs> don't call me for that ghost though. Yeah, I don't know about you, but but that thing though, the the thing is that we want to just just to make sure that we're we're pouring into our talent here, our urban talent, our West Side talent, mm-hmm. so that so that when they become successful, they can come back and pour that right back into the next generation. We got to get that pipeline going of success. Instead of the pipeline to prison, you know, the pipe, all these negative pipelines, we want to establish a pipeline to success. And it's going to take us be achieving that and coming back and not leaving and turning our back and helping another neighborhood flourish. We got to help the West Side flourish. For sure. Yeah. So that's so that's the end of our written segments. Do you guys have anything okay. off the top, freestyle, random random questions that you, you feel like you want to get in before we go? Well... We've been learning everything about him. You got any questions for yeah. us? Yeah, you got okay. any questions for yeah what schools y'all? I don't know where schools y'all go to. Well, me and Makai, we from Michelle Clark. Shout out to Michelle Clark, by the way. Yes, sir. Shout out to Principal Anderson for making this possible. You already know. He already introduced me to Bill once before. <laughs> yep, yep. Best dressed man on the West Side. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're the best one. I knew him since Friday. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but but that's one thing though. That school is amazing. Mr. Anderson is an outstanding leader, and you all, his students, man, you guys are are all examples of that potential. You are all examples of what it means to like really have that hope and what the future has in store for us in the school there. And I'm glad that y'all have this great community there. Everyone feels ownership into it. it they're talking this eagle stuff all over the place, and you know. All that. <laughs> Hey, that's our motto. It's yeah. a great day to be a crazy. You know it. Uh, yeah, now, I mean, that's cool and all, but I'm a dolphin myself, you know, when you're uh, graduate. But it's cool and all, but yeah. But, um, all right, we don't do dolphins here. Yeah. We fly. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah but it's, but yeah, that, that's awesome. That's very impressive. I'm not surprised that. The sky is the limit. Students. Okay, what about, so we talking about like careers and like what I do and kind of what made me think about doing this what about you two you want to go first where can you see yourself well see i like multiple things but right now for right now i work at walmart right there down there in cicero mm-hmm. on 32nd cicero what's and your hours what's the section you work in i might need some help getting some off the top <laughs> shelf or that's my shop all right <laughs> I don't think he got the height. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. That was a low blow, dude. Oh, he is low. That's crazy. <laughs> but he is low. Don't the, don't so the wild style battle have a height requirement? Oh, my God. Oh, you see how I set that up, though? <laughs> <laughs> I set him up. You knock him down. <laughs> That's that Little League experience right there. <laughs> All right. Okay. Go about my All right. Head. All right. Cool. I'm sorry, Makai. Now, once you need something from the register, <laughs> all right, keep going. <laughs> nah, I, I'm closed. Tags. I'm closed. Oh, okay. Can I help mm-hmm. the next customer? Yeah. <laughs> well, I got I to gotta help the next customer. Come on. I'm closed. But, yeah, uh, I'm a cashier there. Like, I'm a front-end associate. Uh, I work at the cashier. Like, you know, you know what mm-hmm. cashiers do. Yeah. Uh, self-checkout. Like, I make sure, like, people not putting stuff in their bags. <laughs> And like if they need if they need help with the machine, like I make sure they get through their uh, process uh, more fluently. And like I, they put me at the door sometimes to check receipts, just okay. to make sure like most of their items is paid for. Like if they have a big item in their um, in their shopping mm-hmm. cart, like you have to check that because oh, yeah, they get me. Yeah, they they, they be trying they be trying it they be trying it <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, we had some crazy incidents, bro. There's somebody tried to steal some rotisserie chicken. (laughs) I heard about that. No, somebody took two TVs, bro. They took two TVs. A 43-inch and a 65. That's money, bro. I know, man. That's ridiculous. But, um... Did you try to hide in his jacket? Like... (laughs) No, she literally had him in the shopping cart, and she ran out the stove. Huh. She ran fast. Really she ran to way it, too fast. Like, security couldn't even catch up with her. And then she just threw him on top of the car and just, like, skirted off. I was like, how was they not falling off? Huh? Gravity. What were you doing watching it? Oh, no. I was in the... <laughs> no, I was in the back on my lunch. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my cat right there eating a sandwich. <laughs> For real. I'm, I'm eating a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I'm good. I'm... Hey, somebody better do something. Oh, somebody yeah. just took two yeah. TVs. What? <laughs> I just got off the door. <laughs> That's what they was waiting for. I see what you mean about I f- getting sidetracked. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like they it's was... Easy, it's easy. I feel like they was waiting for me to get off the door because, like, they didn't try that until I got off the door. 
Man. Gatekeeper right here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> keep it on lock. Yeah. Yo, you keep it locked down. I keep it on lock. Because okay. once they give me that radio, it's so wet. Hey, hey, yo, AP, we got somebody here. You supposed to be telling me about your uh, career aspirations. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, this is what, yeah, um, what happens. But yeah, like I'm a I'm front end associate. I help with customer service too. Also, like they te- they they basically teach me how to uh, interact with customers. But like I'm basically, I'm, I'm a talkative person. Like mm-hmm. I I know how to communicate with like mostly like most of my community. Like to you're good with people. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, why I'm, you're here. I'm, <laughs> like I'm good with people. Period. Like I promise you. you I promise. I promise you. Let's like, become like president of Walmart International. <laughs> If I can be that, oh my god, bro! They said that man made it there in six months. That's the that's like the shortest time he like one Walmart associate has made it to that position. Wait, to what of the store? Yeah, like manager of Walmart. Period. Like what of that store? Yeah. Okay. Like the store manager, like in six, months? Ma- in six months, he made Dang. it to that position, and I'm like, wow. Because he can reach the top of the shelf. <laughs> Keep that joke in mind, watch. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. You, you said mind. you kind of said it up. Keep that, that joke in mind. Oh, yeah. do, you, do you have any things as far as like maybe like college-wise or job-wise later on, like what other stuff you might want to do in your future, you think about? See, I still got my mind set, stand on, set on uh, game creating. Okay. Like literally, like technology has always been my gift. Any anything you need help with, <laughs> call me because, like, I promise you anything like dealing with technology. I watch YouTube videos on or like actually try to work on it. Like, I tried to create a computer shop one time, and like it 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 worked, but at the same time, like I got siblings, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they, they break things, <laughs> and I was sad. Like I cried one day. I cried. I cried that day when they broke it. But yeah, like I'm a I'm a I'm a technologist. Um, and how about our uh, other one here? Art. And uh, you, bro, you should automatically be talking to me about technology. Building computers from scratch. I know because yeah. you really trying to build a computer from scratch. Like I'm I did it. I did that. it so many times. I built. I ran a program in build when we took old computers, scrapped them down, rebuild them, and um, donated them to people who didn't have them. I ran a bunch of programs that had. To deal with computers that build. I even taught some couple of kids how to um, do their little coding on a Bluetooth for computers. Uh oh. Okay. Yeah, it was just me and Pete. When we used garden out here. This was a lot of him. Yeah. Up soon. Uh, if you want to say, I can just say it right now. I basically work here, Bill. <laughs> I basically do. Like you might, you might as well just say that. Like, like he, he doing community service here, basically. Yeah. Like, come on up. Hey, might as well. No dinero. Yeah, that's the thing. No, yes. No bread. Yes. Yes. That, yes. That's exactly yeah, I come here at Wait, you got paid last summer. I got paid last summer, but the simple fact that I come I even say sometimes y'all don't even have to pay me. I would still come because Bill is like a literal second home for me. I come mm-hmm. when y'all say, I come when they say they just simply need help. I'll be like, I'm on the spot right there. Nice. I like helping here because Bill, they was, before I was like in high school and stuff, before I even knew what Bill was. I was just simply going to school every day, just going to school, back to sleep, going to school, back to sleep. And I was like, this might be just it, Dan. And then a uh-uh, woman, Miss Angela, she ran the program of Baron Bill. Not something like she said God had to introduce us together or God had planned this for us because 
that day always stuck in my head. She just simply came up to me looking for her son, said, how you seen him? I said, nah, I'll help you. And then we found him, and then she simply said, hey, you want a job? And that's where it all started, my right. adventure here with Bill. I mm-hmm. met great people here, Miss Angela, Benji, Rick, Rick's son, Aaron. Pete. I met a Pete. Pete, he's more of my mentor. He taught me everything I need to know, so shout out to Pete, too. Okay. And, yeah, that's basically how it all how started How about this? Can you see yourself... You know, when you graduate, go to college, come back working here at Bill? Oh, yeah. They even That's said it. That's your plan? Okay. They even said it. <laughs> okay. They said, you gonna, once I'm done with college and stuff, once you're done with your whole computer stuff, they say you automatically going to be right back here. I mean, I work here, too, because, like, when Biggie, when Biggie had out of nowhere texted me, I was like, who is this? Wait a minute. <laughs> anyway, like, he just out of nowhere, like, uh, do you want to work on a podcast? I'm like... I got something to do. Exactly. I just came in. Like, he said the same thing. You like, want to help with this podcast? I got something to do. Uh, and we, gotta, we've done work together in the past, you know. So like, I trust you guys. Like, bro, I, I, I don't gotta go. Man. I don't gotta go home, and I can work with Benji. Like, bro, Benji is my too. man. Like, <laughs> that's my guy. But be careful, Benji. They gunning for your job. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! It's automatic. It's automatically. They finna go on retirement soon. We gonna be the new one. Man, soon. Man, man, yes, man. They, they they gonna be out. They are teachers, basically. Hey, I already took hey, Pete's spot. Don't tell All right, y'all. Well, we thank you all so much for coming on the show. We thank you, Sergeant Harris, so much for coming through. All your words and wisdom and experience and talking to. Our co-hosts here, Cortez and Mikhail. Yes, sir. Um, Yo. Any last words for the people before we sign off? Any last words? It was a pleasure, though, uh, coming in uh, spending time talking with you all. This is amazing to be able to see what's going on, what's here, how what Bill means to, to both of you, and not just you two. I'm sure there's dozens and dozens and dozens of kids who have great experiences as well. But this is a great place to know that everyone needs to know about that's happening here, here on the west side, here in Austin, that this is a place to be for you, right? Doing yeah. something positive, yeah. learning about, you know, this is my first time doing a podcast and you've been doing this well, how many times? A lot of yeah, times. Yeah, see, like, <laughs> this is going to be three years for me. Yeah, see, this is going to be three years. Veteran teaching three, me years the ropes. For, three years for him, like four months for me. Yes. I'm the rookie. Well, I'm the rookie. Yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm the, um, I'm basically the sergeant. Yeah. I'm the sergeant. That's what I am. All right. All right. Oh, he bringing rank in here, huh? Exactly. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. Stay tuned, and we'll catch you next time. And that is our show this time around. Thanks so much to Sergeant Harris for coming on the show and for being such an exemplary community leader and role model. Shouts to Cortez and Micaiah, who did just a phenomenal job co-hosting the interview. Those guys are very funny. And we're so proud of them for taking advantage of the so many opportunities that Build offers, like our digital media, entrepreneurship, or even urban agriculture programs, taking it upon themselves to learn and grow as young men, and perhaps someday sit in that same seat Sergeant Harris was sitting in, offering their experience and their wisdom to the next generation. And you can help us give more young people opportunities like this. Join our mission to save more and more of Chicago's young people and empower them with a huge array of resources, programs, and opportunities. And your support can take many forms. If you like what you hear, show us some love on social media, at Build Chicago, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and of course, a review or rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get them, would mean so, so much. If you want to take your support to the next level, make a donation. You can do so on our website, one time, monthly, or annually. 
No amount is too small or too large. Perhaps you have some spare time to donate. There are so many ways to get involved. Email volunteer at buildchicago.org to find out more. For those interested, we've got some amazing events coming up. Support Build and explore your creative voice as you join Build artists, staff, neighbors, and supporters for an evening of making artwork around this year's art show theme, 365 plus one stories around the sun. Our sip and mosaic is January 25th and our sip and paint is February 8th. Get your tickets on our website. If you can't make these lead up events, join us Saturday, February 29th at the Epiphany Center for the Arts for Build's dazzling annual art show. This moving evening will feature beautiful works from both youth and community artists and all proceeds support Build's art, music, and media programs. Your ticket purchase includes appetizers, wine, and refreshments. And special VIP packages and sponsorships are available. It's going to be an amazing night. So leap on over to buildchicago.org and get your tickets today. As always, make sure you subscribe to our email list to receive our newsletter, The Builder, full of inspiring agency updates straight to your inbox. You can do so from the homepage of our website. Build is one of the fastest growing nonprofits in Chicago. And we want you to be a part of our mission as we continue to climb and help and support and empower more and more and more of our young people. A lot of people talk about the need for change. Why not actually make it? For Build Radio, I've been Benji Wax, and thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode, and do some good out there. If we really want to end the violence in Chicago, we need to go beyond put the guns down. We need to change the story about what it means to grow up black or brown in Chicago. We need to make the potential of the young people the focus, not just our problems. We need to transform lives to create hope and build futures. We can't do it alone. Invest in our potential. Chicago young people are worth it. Build hope, build lives, and build futures. Woo!